the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Briefing.com graciously gives me access to two of the top analysts working at the firm, and I say analysts broadly. Uh, Patrick O'Hare does the market analysts for us on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, I get Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? I'm okay. Um, not a lot of economic data today that seems to be moving the market. Are we in summer doldrums? Uh, in terms of data, it's just a quirk of the calendar. We'll get everything next week, which isn't much fun for uh, you know the analysts, but uh, it should move the market quite a bit. Fed minutes come out later today. They're expected to talk about tapering. They're expected to show a little bit of information there. Uh, do you bother reading the Fed minutes? Do they mean much to your analysis? They don't mean much to me. I mean, by the time you get them, you've already heard from Fed speakers that were already voted on the FOMC directive. So, you know, you're just going to get a little bit more insight into what they were talking about a few weeks ago. But if you want to know what they're currently thinking, I mean, all the Fed speeches since then have kind of tried to calm the market a little bit. So I, I'm not worried or reading too much into what they said, you know, back then. Speaking with Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, com. Later today, I think uh, Bernanke is going to give a speech entitled something like The First 100 Years of the Fed. Is that a market mover or a game changer? Probably not. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unknown what he's going to say. I, I don't have his speech available, um, and I don't think he's taking questions afterwards. I mean, that would really be, if we're going to see anything, any movements, is if you get some kind of questions about uh, specifics on the tapering idea. But you know, from the, from the way the speech is laid out, it doesn't seem like it's going to have much impact on anything. Consumer credit recently came out, and it showed basically that banks are lending money again, or maybe it showed the end of deleveraging. That's kind of a big concept, but it was nice to see some growth. At the same time, Jeff, I oftentimes say there's no right answers in economics. There's just compromises. When we see credit growth, we see consumers taking on too much credit, not good, not saving enough but yet it's good for the economy. Let's talk a little bit about that concept. Well, the numbers were good in terms of the expansion in credit. And the question is, where did it really come from? And and looking at the details, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, They don't seasonally adjust any of the uh, sub-indices within the aggregate uh, number. So I can't tell what's student loans and what's autos, for example, uh, on that specific month. But what I can say is that you know, consumers are more willing to take on credit, and banks are more willing to give credit, and, and that's overall a, a net positive for the economy. And if you're looking at overall rates, they're still really low. So the even though you're seeing credit go up, the amount of payments that you know consumers are required to pay is still historically low. So they can take on even more debt than where they're currently at, which means that we could still have stronger consumption growth. And if we look a little bit beyond that. Um, the income numbers have actually come in much stronger than what the employment numbers have, have shown, which gives a little bit more credence that you can take on more debt just because 
there's more income available. So we have, we have a lot of net positives on top of the gain in, uh, in credit, which is good for the overall economy and doesn't make me worried that they're taking on too much more debt. Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Since we last spoke, we had the jobs number come out on the first Friday of the month. I think some of the rambling that came out of that was the underemployed data set of America. Is that as big of a problem as it's being painted in media? Yeah, you're always going to try to find something to talk about. And in this case, it's something important in the quality of jobs. If you look at, you know, you have a net loss of full-time jobs in um, in June. So you had a you know, more people losing full-time jobs going to part-time, increasing the underemployment, which is bad if you have student loans and, you know, whatnot. But in terms of the overall economy, what I want right now is just to see more people at work. And the fact that more people are finding employment overall is uh, more encouraging than looking at the type of quality jobs that we're getting. In the earlier part of my show, I talked a little bit about investment themes. And one of the big themes that people like me play into is the world is getting more middle-class jobs and the United States is losing more middle-class jobs or something along those lines. Is that an accurate statement in your mind? You're definitely getting a polarization in uh, employment, or in, sorry, in income in the U.S. I mean, inequality is increasing. At the same time, outside the world, outside the U.S., you're getting more aggregate income. And while the inequality isn't shrinking as much uh, in some of these other countries, you are getting a net gain in middle class, which will increase consumption and increase, hopefully, U.S. exports in the future. But uh, looking straight at the U.S., again, there's not a lot of evidence that point that inequality is necessarily a net negative on uh, U.S. economic growth. And there's also not a lot of evidence suggesting the opposite. You're kind of in this middle idea. So, you know, what is it? Is it bad? Uh, I'm more, you know, lines of inequality would be, you know, it'd be better if there was less inequality in terms of social goods, but in terms of economic gains, I, I don't see it. So it doesn't really concern me. What are you working on right now that you think is relevant for us to be paying attention to in coming weeks, months? Interest rates. I mean, Interest that's rates. The, the biggest thing to look at is, you know, we, we've seen this really big increase in rates over the last two months. Uh, you know, since May 1st, it's been over 100 basis points on the 10-year. You know, and these things is an economic killer. You know, the, the fact that rates go up means borrowing costs go up, means there's less spending on investment, less spending on consumption. And we're at a time where the recovery is still in, you know, a, a difficult position. So the fact that rates go up makes me really concerned that the uh, – the auto sector is going to start tapering out real soon, that, that home selling is going to start tapering out real soon, and we're going to see uh, drops in, in uh, net home values again. On the other hand, isn't it positive that rates are going up? Can't we make the argument that we're too low and we're getting to low levels even before we get to historical levels? You can make the argument that rates are going up because economic growth prospects are rising, and that's good except for the fact that we're still in a more deflationary than an inflationary environment. And we're still in a spot where unemployment rates are well above full employment levels. So 
these are times where, you know, typically if we were at normal interest rates before, we would be cutting rates and trying to spur growth. So even though you could say, well, things are getting better because, you know, the rates are going up because of potential economic prosperity, in reality, you know, the Fed doesn't want rates to go up from this level. They, they want things to get easier, and they still want loose and accommodative monetary policy, and that's not what's happening. Oftentimes, I say on the show, I'll ask my doctors for the best toothpaste. I'll ask my, you know, things along those lines. I try to get practical advice from people. As an economist, I'm going to ask you a very odd question here. Do you do anything different in your 401k based on what you're seeing in the economy? No. <laughs> okay. And maybe that's because you know, I'm in my mid-30s and I'm not, uh, you know, older and, and more trying to be a, you know, I'm not planning on retiring anytime soon. But you know, I'm still looking at, uh, you know, majority stocks in the long run. You know, it should still be my, uh, my, my best options. I bring that up because I get emails from listeners and viewers who are, adamant that the U.S. is going to hell in a handbasket or adamant the world's going to go down or adamant gold's going to go up. And you're an economist. And, I mean, you're terribly well-schooled. And you're not making bets. You're not changing the way you play the game, so to speak. And I find that uh, to be refreshing that you said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't invest in gold. And that's as an economist, you'll, you'll find very few economists that think gold is a worthwhile investment. I mean, there's no return to it. You're just praying that demand is going to go up on that. And, you know, the reasons for it are, are a mishmash of, of gobbledygook, in my opinion. So, you know, you're not going to find too many economists that, that look at metals and say, oh, get involved in that. As always, thank you for your time. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Briefing.com, Chief Economist. Briefing.com, in my opinion, is independent. It's live market analysis. They focus on U.S. international markets. There's enough there, whether you're a trader, whether you're an investor, whether you're growth, whether you're value. There's a ton of content at briefing.com. Thanks again very much, Dr. Jeff Rosen, briefing.com. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> this is not black and white. The beauty's in the gray. Again, I really dig briefing.com for giving me these experts. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.